Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay worker in your church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. The topic today is a sensitive one and yet vitally important, abuse prevention in the church. And our guest, Heather Dawn Small. Heather Dawn, welcome back to Ministry in Thank Motion. Thank you. Glad to now, be here. Now, some people would say, I don't know if we want to really talk about this, but really we do because Jesus wants to make people whole, doesn't he? That's right. We must talk about it. So let's start by talking a safe distance, can we? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the problem of abuse in the community. Well... I don't think we have to look very far than on our TV screens and in our daily newspaper. Um, there is just so much abuse in the community. It's overwhelming in all parts of the world, whether it is domestic violence in the home or it is bullying in the schools. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Mm. And, and so it's there. It's real. We see it. And we're, it's easier for us to acknowledge what we see out there than, than what than what's actually happening in the church. In our own home. That's yeah. right. Now, let That's me ask right. you a question, and this is not loaded. I, I, I'm just wondering, uh, is the abuse worse than it was centuries ago, or is it that you can take a picture or you can put it on Facebook? In other words, are we just becoming more aware of how rampant the abuse problem is? I think, one, we are becoming more aware. I think also people are speaking up more. But I also believe that people have become far more creative when it comes to how they abuse and, mm. and what they do and the different types of abuse that we are seeing. You know, the text that came into my mind was back before the flood where their thoughts of their hearts were, were evil continually. So you're seeing a, a pandemic problem Definitely. that may actually be accelerating but yes. at the same time, we're also knowing more. That's right. Because of media and people being willing to speak mm -hmm. up. I don't think anyone would argue that that's a, a global problem. It's a problem even in our communities. Let's talk about closer to home, uh, the church, our own families. What yeah. are you seeing? By the way, world ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So you're not just working in one country. You're looking at the world and, and, right. and at the church around the world. What are well, you seeing? Let me just share with you something that, that has forced me to look at this problem in the church. Years ago when I was a young pastor's wife, I remember having the experience of my husband asking me to give Bible studies to a non-SDA lady. And I went every week faithfully giving her Bible studies. And I mean young, I must have been maybe two or three years in the ministry. One day when I went to her home, I knew something was wrong. And I tried to find out and she didn't want to talk about it. So we went into our Bible study. But we got to a point in the lesson where we were talking about God's love for us. And she immediately at that point said, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to hear this. Let's just end it. And I said, why? And she said, because God doesn't love me. Mm. And in response to my question, why would she say that? She showed me on her back the marks where her husband had beat her the night before. And her question to me was, where was God last night when, mm. when my husband was beating me? If he loved me, why didn't he stop it? Mm. And as a young pastor's wife, and also because I think of the time period in which I was in this church, where we were far more focused on spiritual um, things and where we tended to spiritualize everything, um, I really had no response to her except, well, can I pray with you? Mm. And she didn't want to pray. 
and I left, and she never asked us back into her home. She was in pain, she not was just in physically, pain. right? She was in pain. But I did what we were taught to do. You pray with someone. Mm. Now, however, and that has lived with me through my life, mm. now I look back and I say, why didn't I ask her? What can I do to help? Do you want to go to the doctor? Right. Do you want to go to the police station? Do you want to go by a family member? How can I help you? And so that has made a huge difference to the way we deal with this issue of abuse. Now in the church, we are trying over the years through our women's ministries and our End It Now program to really bring this problem to the surface because you said earlier, pandemic. The abuse against women and girls is a pandemic in the world. It is a global pandemic, mm. meaning the, the number of people who are dying from this mm. has reached crisis proportions. Mm. And so we've got to look at this issue. But I said it, I think it was some of the time when we were talking, what happens in the church is a reflection of what's happening in, in the world. If there's abuse in my community, there's abuse going on in the church. And being willing to admit to that and yes. say, we need help. Yes. And that is, is a crucial first step. It is a crucial first step. Being first educated, what is abuse? That it's not only domestic violence, it goes much further than that. And it's not always something which you can see by a bruise or a mark on someone's skin. That kind of education has to take place in the church. And with all that we have been doing over the past years since this day, we have a day every year, the fourth Sabbath of August every year is Abuse Prevention Day. Um, and that was since 2002. And between 2002 and now, we are still struggling in many churches to get this issue on the platform. Mm, mm. You've mentioned briefly the end it now. Yes. But maybe some of our viewers uh, are not familiar with that. What was the focus? It's obviously related to abuse prevention. It is. End It Now is a campaign which we began in 2010 to end violence against women and girls. And it started off as an educational campaign, and then we had a signature campaign. And it now has become more than that in that what we want to see happening is, well, what can I do in my local church, in my community, to end this particular problem. But it looks at domestic violence in the home, but it also looks at the other areas that we don't talk about. So we look at things like rape, and we look at things like um, um, some cultural issues like female genital mutilation, mm -hmm. son preference, daughter neglect, mm -hmm. honor killings, and, and on and on and on. I'm guessing that being willing to admit our need is the first step to reaching out to the community. Yes. And we'll come back right after the break. Maybe Jesus wants to make us whole first so that with the first-hand experience of his healing grace, we can go out and minister to others. We're talking here about abuse prevention in the church and how that could bless our whole community. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, abuse prevention in the church. Our guest, Heather Dawn Small. Heather Dawn, before the break, we were talking about uh, how broad this problem is and that, that even in the church, there's, there's a need. Now, can we start by 
making people more aware of what abuse really is. It's, it's kind of multifaceted. It is, it is. And then they might say, well, that's me. Can we start in the church and then reach out to the community? Yes, we can. And there is a definition which we share with people in the church during our whole process of educating church members um, that abuse is any violence, whether it is physical, emotional, um, psychological, that brings harm to another person. So one person might be hit by an aggressor. Mm -hmm. Someone else is hit with, with the unkind words. Yes. She, or, she may not feel that she's being abused, but you're saying if it's damaging her? Yes. That is abusive yes, that's very true. behavior. Some persons may be um, manipulated mm. and controlled, and they may think, well, you know, that's just how my parents are but then it limits them as a person. And when they get to the point where now they have to stand on their own, they can't because they've gone through these years of being limited in what they can do and say. So being locked up in the house, you can only go out when you have permission and then with someone with you, kind of a micromanaging, that, that's a form of abuse too. It is. For example, if, if, if a husband says to a wife, when you get paid, you've got to give me every cent that you make. And then he gives back to her what he thinks she needs mm. to buy food for the house. But she can't get anything for clothes or anything else unless she comes to ask him for it. And he may or may not give it. That's an emotionally abusive situation. I remember a lady who said once if she wanted to to spend 25 cents, which um, that's a small coin mm -hmm. in our currency, she would have to ask permission from her spouse. That's right, and account for it. And account for mm -hmm. it. So abuse comes in many different ways. Many. As you educate in the church, how much do you get people who are wanting to help the community going, ah, that's, that's me, you're telling my story. That's is right. that common? It is, it is very common because Many people see abuse as being a physical something. Ending up in the hospital. That's or, right. Mm -hmm. so, so my husband hasn't broken any bones. He hasn't, you know, it, you know, there's no big set of bruises that people can um, see. So therefore, that's not really abuse. He's just showing me that he's not, he's not too happy with me when he slaps me around. When we begin to educate on this issue, women begin saying, oh, wait a minute, but that's me. But I didn't think that was being abusive. But now that I know it is, I realize that, yeah, this and this and this was taking place in my life. Now I could join the dots and realize, wow, this has been my life. And when I recognize that, when a person recognizes that, we're, we're, how do we set the healthy boundaries so that we, because it is not healthy to continue in no, that it's not. abusive environment, right? It not. It definitely isn't. But the problem in the church is many people who are in abusive situations don't want to talk about it. For example, if a woman's husband is an elder in the church or a deacon in the church or he holds some other office, well, no, I don't want to say anything because that may damage um, you know, the work he is doing. And, um, or there's a shame involved in it. How can I let people know that this is going on in my home? Mm. And so people hold it to themselves. But we have found in an environment where we are willing to talk about it, that's when the stories begin popping out. And what we say to our leaders at the church especially, don't bring up these kind of issues unless you have people there who are going to help.
those who are now facing this for the first time, because it can be very traumatic. So let's talk about some strategies, because mm -hmm. apparently some of these people who go, whoa, that's me, they need strategies too, right? So strategies to help us personally and strategies for helping in the church and the community yeah. prevent abuse. I think the first thing that someone who is abused and who recognizes it, who, who has heard some of those symptoms and says, that is me, the first thing they need to do is to talk to someone. They need to share that with someone. And we would want them to share it with a professional person, but we're dealing with a global church in many different countries where there may not be any counselor, psychologist, there may not even be a, a pastor who visits a church on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we say share it with another woman who you trust, mm -hmm. who you know will, will listen to you because sometimes the first thing which you need to do is just talk about it. So find a, kind of a spiritual mother, yes, a, yes. a spiritual father a if, sister, if you're a boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone of your gender, is, mm -hmm. you are being transparent here, right? Yes. So you want it to be a safe. A safe place, A That's safe right. place, but just being able to admit, identify, right. and, and ask right. help, that's the first step? That's the first step. And then the next thing is, do you want help? Because you see, I could admit I'm being abused, but I don't want anybody to interfere with this. Mm -hmm. uh, because maybe I have no education and my husband's the breadwinner, and if this dynamic changes, what's gonna happen? How am I gonna live? How am I gonna survive? And so, um, the next thing is, does this person want help? And if they do want help, then we need to put them in touch with a social worker, a doctor, a nurse, someone who can help them onto that next stage. Now, in many parts of the world, they do have access to the Internet. Is there, through the End It Now program or through women's ministries, uh, a place they can go to find some resources? Um, on our website, we do have generalized resources, but when you go country by country, um, we ask our leaders in those countries, find out what information and what laws are in place in your particular country so that you can then help your women. What are the hotlines? Share that with the women in the churches. And so many of our brochures which go out, there's a section there for them to localize it okay. so that so that the person in the church, when they see that brochure, they will find information that's relevant to their country. Now, one of the things we've talked about is first admitting where we need healing ourselves. But as we begin to experience that, we see other people. We probably know some people already who are suffering from abuse physically, mm -hmm. sexually, emotionally, psychologically, and we want to help them. After the break, I want to talk about how we can, in a safe way, uh, reach out to people yes. in the church and the community. It's a sensitive topic, uh, abuse prevention in the church, and yet probably even as you're watching the program today, you're thinking of someone, a loved one, a friend. Maybe you're open, even reflecting on your own life. And we've learned that the first step is to recognize as you learn, wow, this is a problem for me or for my friend. Talk to someone you can trust, get some help, we're going to talk about how God will now use you to be a blessing to others. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, abuse prevention in the church. Our guest, Heather Dawn Small. 
Heather Dawn, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Uh, in some ways, it could be depressing uh, as we talk about the problem of abuse. But there's also hope because you're seeing people who are experiencing healing, even in the church, starting right. to reach out. Uh, what are some ways that you're seeing women reach out, some healthy ways to reach out to other women in the church and in the community? Well, you know, one of the things which we have discovered in this ministry is that if you have experienced something, you are the best person to reach out to someone. That's a witness, right? <laughs> also, it gives you a greater awareness. Right. And so a woman who's been abused and who has come out of that and who is healing or who has been healed can identify other women very easily, mm. whether it's by the way they they keep to themselves by the way they dress, by things that they say or don't say. Mm -hmm. um, and they're able to make a connection that some of us who haven't experienced that may not be able to make. Mm. It, it, it almost seems like a sixth sense. That's right. But uh, someone who's experienced healing knows that journey. That's right. That, that a person who hasn't been down that difficult road may not see. And it is a difficult road. And the one way that healing um, becomes an easier process is when you have someone to, look, to, someone to walk alongside you. And I think, I think that is true for many different situations in life. But for a woman who, who is at the point where she's ready to admit, and that's a very hard point to actually come to. Women live sometimes in these situations for decades before they can admit but this is happening in my life. Mm -hmm. For you to have someone who will walk by your side through the acceptance, through the making a change, through the reporting it to the police, through the going for the psychological help or the physical help, that's a big deal. Now, certainly abusive women is, is rampant. We've used the word pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, abuse of men, I, either by other men or by women, or is, by women. is also a challenge. So this same principle of first talking to someone you can trust would, would work for both genders? I think it would, but there's a little difference here. Women are a little more willing to talk um, because of the emotional makeup that we have because we could hold so much in and then it's got to get out um, and sometimes we talk to a perfect stranger in some place um, men I think it's a little different um, um, you know just from observing my own husband and from other men it seems as though for men not sharing those emotions it makes them seem to be a stronger man and Even so, though they may be just as damaged, just as that's broken. That's right. And so there is a hurdle there. And I'm not sure how, I think men have to help men with that because men understand each other and, and somehow could find a way to create a safe environment for men to expose that. My wife is abusing me. I mean, how many men are going to admit that in front of a crowd of people? And they also want to protect their spouse. Uh, there's this confusion. There is, and that's on both sides. Mm, on that's both on sides. both sides. Now let's talk about some other strategies. Certainly I want to get help myself, but if I want to help other people, what are some practical things women can do to help other women who are suffering in the church or in the community? Well, first thing is, sharing your own testimony. We have discovered that when a woman stands up and talks about her own experience and how God has taken her through that, a number of persons in that congregation are going to look for her afterwards to um, um, say, 
you told my story. Mm. Can you help me? What can I do? I'm so assume, it opens a door. I'm assuming that that necessitates a certain level of healing. It does. It, you have to it be ready does. to do that. You have to be ready, whether it's on a big level or if it's in a small group. Um, but I have found a number of my sisters who are willing to be vulnerable where that is concerned. And that's a very powerful testimony, it is, isn't it? It is, because it's their story. What about um, training programs, a shelter for people? Uh, should we get involved in such practical things? We should and we must. Um, in a number of parts of our world church, we have women shelters that have been established for women who are coming from abusive situations. Um, of course, these are hidden places, secretive places, mm -hmm. but they, have, they are proving to be places that are helping our women. And we need more such shelters. Um, and it gives you um, going to a place where you know everybody there knows about this and everybody there is going to help me with this gives you a certain empowerment mm. to do something about the problem. Like something's going to change. Yes. Now, I want to conclude with this wonderful teaching of Jesus. You know, he came to make people whole. Uh, wholeness is possible. As Christians, we have a unique message to bring of not just managing our pain. Talk to me about where you've seen that, either personally or in someone's life, and you say, there is hope beyond this terrible tragedy you've experienced. Um, I, I think of one woman that I know of who was abused by an, a member in a church. Mm. Um, sadly, they were it, it was someone who was teaching children's Sabbath school and mm. abused this young lady for many, many years. Um, she's an adult now. She is very, when you look at her, you think she was a normal person. When you hear her story, it's extremely shocking. And what's even more shocking is that God has helped her to overcome all the negative of that situation where she is now talking about the issue, sharing it with other people, um, promoting that the church must say something on this issue. And that to me is healthy uh, in the sense that what she says is not said in a vindictive way. Mm. She doesn't want to harm anyone. Mm. She just wants other people who are suffering mm. not to have to wait so many years so to she get has, it out. She's obviously experienced a, a, a remarkable definitely, healing herself. Definitely. But now she's feeling empowered we would say by the Holy Spirit right. as Christians to say, go out and make a difference. Um, yeah. Multiplied over and over again around the world. Are you seeing that more and more? I'm seeing or should that we be more praying and for more. that more and more? I'm seeing it more and more, but we also need to be praying for it because one of our challenges is that many of these people within the church, um, maybe leaders in the church, maybe well-respected members in the church and nobody wants to point a finger at them mm. or people don't believe no this person is a wonderful person how can you say that but they only see them in their public side they don't see them in their private side mm. and that's why we have to educate people about this problem and somebody who abuses is not necessarily a horrible ugly person walking around with a stick in their hand they may be a wonderful person but they're doing but something they've got very a dark evil. side that's right that's right. why well You've maybe been thinking, I need help. That's the first step. Go and talk to someone. If you know someone else, be that confidant who loves God and cares about them. 
Wouldn't it be amazing if we could see hundreds, thousands stand up and say, I want to be used by God to make a difference, to prevent abuse in the church and in the community, to make the church a place of healing and of refuge. Well, if you have a testimony to share, we'd like to hear from you. You can write to us at feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. A website address, ministryinmotion.tv. Click contact. Send us a note. We'd like to hear how God has blessed your life. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion today. May the love of Jesus bring blessing to you and blessing to those around you.